Welcome to Strong Business, Stronger Marriage, where we are your hosts, Corey and Jojo Rankin. We have talked to hundreds of entrepreneurs and have found the secret sauce to creating a successful business and a happy marriage. We have found that as you take care of your marriage at home, your profits will grow and increase in the business. We help entrepreneurs take care of their marriage. We help couples that are feel like they're losing their marriage all the way to couples that have an amazing marriage. The entrepreneur journey can be lonely, and we will bring on guests that will give you the knowledge, tools, tips that you need to find peace at home in your marriage. Don't give up on your marriage or your business because you really can have a strong business and a stronger marriage. To schedule a complimentary marriage deep dive, go to rfamilystrong.best and it's the letter R, familystrong.best. All right, strong business, stronger marriage. I am super excited for our guest today. We share several things in common. Our guest is an author. He's a husband. He's a father. He's a Christian. He's a disciple of Christ. All things that I resonate with, all titles that I love to bear myself. So Jesse Cole is with us today on the Strong Business, Stronger Marriage podcast. Jesse, tell the world about yourself. Give them a brief introduction of who you are and how you're going to bless their life today. Thank you very much for having me on the show. I really appreciate it. I'm excited about this conversation as well. As you said, I'm an author, a speaker, coach, most importantly, a, a child of God and a married man, 13 years, 15 years together, father of two children, Dean and Naya. Dean is seven. He'll be eight this year. Naya will be five. My wife and I were both entrepreneurs as well. And so I think I'm in the right place today, man. Oh, thank you, Jesse. Let's start off with a little love story. How'd you meet your wife? That's a great question. <laughs> so we went to the same church, but we didn't know it. So I was in ministry. I was in the music ministry at the time. And so every Sunday I would get up and have to, you know, do praise and worship. I didn't know this at the time, but she was scouting me out. I didn't even know that she was in church. It was that big. Again, I was working in music. And then one day I had a studio session at one of my friend's houses. And she was in the studio session with a friend of mine right before mine. So there, theirs was first. And I was coming in after that. And I'm like, man, who was that? And my guy was like, sure, she goes to our church. I'm like, man, I need to get to know her right? During my whole session, <laughs> I couldn't even really think because I was thinking about her. Off of that first first encounter, he sent my friend a text message to give to her. Then after that, you know, we all met up together at this restaurant, this poetry spot, exchanged phone numbers, and that's history right there. Nice. Jojo and I, I was serving as a missionary and I got a package from someone I didn't know and it was Jojo. And so our love story started over a butterscotch rice crispy treat because that was the goods in the package that I got, but the Lord works in miracles all the time. So love it, love it, love it. Yes, the one thing I know for sure is that the Lord brings people on our path on purpose at the right time. And so perfect example of the Lord's timing, putting you both back to back on the music schedule. That is awesome. Jesse, what is some of the things that bring you and your family the greatest joy? Just being together, being together and just watching my children grow and learn the simple things like sitting down and watching TV and eating popcorn together, or just, you know, going out to the apple orchard when time I'm in Michigan, right? And so around October, November, like that's like apple orchard time. So doing things like that, just being together and just watching my children grow. Recently, something happened that my son did which really brought me much joy. He went to a birthday party. I didn't go because I was working, but he went to a work birthday party. And a part of that birthday party was to climb this tower and jump off into these, these, this big pad, right? And so my daughter, she was climbing up the ladder and jumping off, boom, like she's brave, right? But my son, it took him a little bit time to gain the courage 
to do it. So he was up there about five minutes and just contemplating and, you know, going and coming back, going and coming back. And then eventually he jumped off and just seeing him jump off of that tall ladder onto that platform. And he began to cry after that. Like, I did it. I did it. I overcame a fear. And as a father, seeing that on video, it just warmed my heart because you want your children to be fearless. You want your children to be able to overcome fear. And so seeing that at age seven, that really did my heart some joy. So things like that really bring us together as a family. Oh, I love it. I want to share a story just about, we're going to talk about dad bringing joy from their kids. So my sister, she's just younger than me, three years younger than me. Um, There's five kids in my family, but she's just younger than me. She purchased her first home two weeks ago. And last week we went to her house to help her work on and get some things in order for moving in and prepping the new house and stuff. Came with new tile, ripping out the carpet and painting and stuff like that. So my wife and my eight-year-old son were up in the room painting upstairs and I was downstairs patching a hole. We're in the middle of this live 45-day challenge and we've been challenged to go live 45 days straight just to share our message, to bring hope to people. And so it was getting close to the evening. My wife hadn't done her live yet for the day and she's painting and she reaches over, she pushes live on Facebook and tells my son that she's going live. He came up with this brilliant idea of right on the spot about marriage and paint. And he says that paint, wet paint is like you're married, like you're learning, you're growing, you're learning together. And then he says, when the paint is dry, that means you guys have learned to love each other and you guys have learned to grow and work together as a team. And and it's beautiful. That was pretty much his live message to my wife. And it was such a stunner because I could hear him say that downstairs. And as I pondered on that, it was so true that our marriage is like the wet paint. When we have wet paint in our life, it's fragile. It needs to be taken care of. It needs to be handled with caution. And that's the same thing in our relationships. We have to be intentional. We have to serve. We have to handle things with caution. And then when it dries, we've got our foundation that's solid. It's something beautiful. The relationship looks great on the outside and it's amazing. And so as he said that, I hadn't done my live yet either for the day because we're both doing it separately. And so I built upon that and I was like, well, yes, it is true. But what prep work are we doing to make sure that beautiful product, that dry paint looks nice in the room? And that would be my challenge to you. What prep work are you doing as an entrepreneur to make sure that your family is taking care of that the outcome, the relationships, the peace, the enjoyment, the fulfillment in your home is taken care of. And that's a question I'd have all the listeners ponder. What are you doing to prepare yourself to be the best version of yourself for your people you serve in your business and for your spouse and for your children? And most importantly, those that you love the most in your home and then the Lord. Ask yourself that question. What internal prep work are you doing to show it the best you can? Jesse, what are your thoughts on hearing that story? Because when my son said that about the pain, I was just like, man, you're brilliant, buddy. And it's true. It takes work to prep, but it's so amazing the outcome. Man, your son, whew, that's some good eating right there. That is some good eating. How old is he? He's eight. He's eight. And he came up with that on the spot, man. That's good right there. Whew. So what are we doing to ensure that 
Our marriage, our family is a reflection of God, what it needs to be. We have affirmations in our home. We have affirmations for our children. We pray together as a family, not just, you know, during the day, but whenever we get in the car, we pray together. We worship together. My son loves playing the drums. And so, you know, whenever the music comes on, he sometimes he comes down there and plays the drums. My daughter loves to sing and dance. So we're just creating an environment in our home where our children not, can not only be challenged, but they can thrive as well with structure, with love, understanding that, yes, you know, there's a lot of grace in our home. I call it graceful accountability. There's a lot of grace here, but there's also accountability, meaning there's some standards as well. I don't know how long I'm going to be here. Mama doesn't know how long she's going to be here. So we have to instill these kingdom principles on the inside of you so that when that time comes that we do leave this earth, you already have those seeds on the inside of you to be productive and to be everything that God has called you to be. That's what we do with our children. My wife and I, we are constantly, you know, seeking ways to enhance our marriage, to enrich our marriage. And so whether that's doing Bible app, marriage plans, right now we're actually in this this weekly marriage enrichment course for like nine weeks. We're like in week three or four right now with other married couples all over the United States. We meet every Tuesday at seven, I think it's 7.30 for like an hour and a half. And we just discuss how we can enrich our marriage, our love languages and understanding where we are and not comparing our marriage to somebody else's marriage, right? So always putting ourselves in environments where we can thrive as well as individuals. And as far as entrepreneurs, how we're setting that up, we're always talking about our businesses. We're always talking about ways that we can get better even though she's a photographer and I'm a coach, there's some threads of connectivity there, not because we're just husband and wife, but since she's a photographer and I'm a coach, I can see gaps in her business and I can help her fill those gaps. As a coach, I'm always talking about brand showing up how God needs you to show up. And so she has an eye for the visual. So there's like this partnership there that allows us to not only do business separately, but do business together because we're using our gifts and our talents that God has given. I love that so much because one thing that Jojo and I encounter with entrepreneurs, especially in a two entrepreneur home, there's more competition than there's collaboration. They kind of compete or stay in their own lane and they don't use each other's skills and abilities and talents to push each other forward. And so I love that you guys talk about collaborating and working together as a team, especially as you know her business and she knows your business and allow God to direct both of you. I love it because being humble, being willing to take advice from those that don't have their hand in it directly is a sign of a good leader. Like a lot of times as an entrepreneur, we want to appear that we have it all together. We want to appear that, oh, we got this handled, but we don't need to handle it because God has put us here in families, so we're not alone. God has given us the ability to have relationships, so we're not alone. Jesus Christ died for us, so we're not alone. And so we don't need to be alone as an entrepreneur. We need to have a team that has many, many talents they can work together. So I love the fact that you talk about how your wife can see holes in your stuff and you guys can. Yeah. I would like to go a little bit deeper there too, because you said something as far as it's not being alone. And I don't want to give the illusion that it was always been this way. It hasn't always been this way. In the beginning of our marriage, and I say this often, and I'm, I'm, I've grown in this area, so that's why I can say it. I have the battle scars to show it. In the beginning of our marriage, I didn't know how to cast vision properly. I didn't know how to tap into her gifts in her anointing prop. Oftentimes when we first get married, we have this idea of what marriage should be based on what we've seen. And one thing that that I would encourage couples to do, even if you've been married 30 years, is to ask God, like, God, what is your best for this marriage? Because we can bring our own expectations in. We have to learn how to manage our expectations properly, right? Steward our expectations. God, what is your vision for this marriage? What is your best for us? 
and really tap into that because oftentimes his best looks totally different than what your best is. His best looks totally different than what the marketplace is saying. His best is totally different than what you're hearing the merit gurus talk about. So in the beginning, I said, like, I was really, I'm not good. I was not good at casting vision for my house. It was a little bit dogmatic. And I didn't really consider her heart. I didn't consider her gifts. I didn't consider her anointing. So over these 13 years, I've learned how important her input is, how important she is to what we do. And even to the fact, the reason I'm on this call with you, I'm on this podcast with you because of a suggestion that she gave. She was like, babe, you know, you do a really good job with tapping into the people that you know. But you need to get outside of your comfort zone and tap into people that you don't know to really share your message, to expose what God has given you to other people and vice versa, help them out as well. So it was because of her that I found the app that connected you and I. So if it wasn't because of that, we wouldn't be here. Well, I love it. Love it. So we're going to go on with this episode today, but we're going to do round two and we're going to bring your wife back to this podcast soon. You and Jojo, me, my wife and your wife and the four of us will do another interview. But for now, with just the two of us, let's dive deeper into what are some of the conflicts or struggles that you had in your relationship when you didn't learn or understand how to value her input yet? Yeah, just any loving husband would can test to this. In order for us to be the leaders that God has called us to be in our home, we need the buy-in from our wives. They have to know that we not only can hear from God, but that we can hear them too. And so that, and again, that was in the beginning of our marriage and I'm gotten a lot better. I'm still growing in that area, but learning how to speak how she hears versus speaking how I want it to be heard. That's some good eating right there. Whoever listening right now, you better catch that. Yeah, that for, be- sure, for sure. <laughs> Let me add to that as an entrepreneur, what do you do as an entrepreneur? You solve problems. What do you do when there's a lot of problems and the pressure is hot? You work fast. You are in beauty mode. But what do we do when there's pressure high in our home, when there's problems in the home? Oftentimes as an entrepreneur, we're all guilty of this. We take the same approach that we take in the business. Oh, who, 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 what do we got to do? The problem, the problem, the solution, here it is. But... We don't always need to provide the solution in our home. We need to allow the people that we care about to give the solution themselves. So active listening is something that many of us can do a much better job at because we are so accustomed to going fast, fast, fast. We don't listen long enough for the answers. We don't listen long enough to gain a true understanding. Because I don't know about you, but there's nothing worse than being in a position where I need some assistance and I want to be vulnerable and I want to share my true feelings, but I don't feel that the people who I'm trying to communicate with have slowed down on slowed down enough to even be aware of the needs that I have. And that happens all the time in the entrepreneur space, especially when a man is an entrepreneur and the wife is home with the children. We don't slow down enough to really need or see, or hear, and understand their needs. So my challenge to anyone who hears this, myself included, slow down. Be still so your children can talk to tell you their needs. Be still so your wife can tell you what she's overwhelmed with. Be still so you can seek the revelation from the Lord to guide you in your home, in your business. Be still. The world is so chaotic. Everyone moves so, so fast, and especially as an entrepreneur, next problem, next problem, next problem, more value, next problem, more problem. But if we'll just be still, 
the impact that you might miss by going too fast can be detrimental if we miss certain things in our home. So my challenge is go slow, be still, so you can meet the needs of those in your home. Jesse, I love it. Yeah, man. Like the book of Matthew talks about that, right? When you read it, I believe it's Matthew 11, 28, talking about unforced rhythms of his grace. When you read the message version, it talks about God's unforced rhythms. And when you're talking about slowing down, that is the antithesis of what we were taught in the marketplace. It's always go, 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 solve, 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 sell, sell, sell. And God is like, I've given you the ability to get well. It's because I've put this desire in you. I've put these skills on the inside of you. Don't forget who gave this to you. And then Jesus says, we can submit to the unforced rhythms of grace. One of my mentors wrote a book called Grace Over Grind. It's a book for entrepreneurs. And she's talking about how to achieve our dreams, how to live in this space of grace versus grinding and hustling for what we desire. If God is our provider, that means that's what he wants to do. He wants to be our provider in every area of our life, not just financially, not just for our businesses, but he wants us to have great marriages. He wants to provide strategies for us to be great parents, for to be great aunts and uncles, to be great civic leaders. He is a provider in every area of our life. And if we don't slow down, like you said, that's great stuff. We need to slow down. If we don't slow down, then how can he really do what he is supposed to do? Because we're trying to be the provider. Oh, I love it. So Jesse, an entrepreneur being yourself and your wife being an entrepreneur and the tendencies to go so fast, what are some skills or techniques that you guys use to manage a two entrepreneur household that have separate businesses? What are some ways or techniques that you guys have slowed down to come together as a family? Just really speaking each other's love language kind of slows us. That's what we do together. So understanding what her love language is and she understanding what mine is and being intentional about speaking those things slows us down. For me personally, I like to go for prayer walks. So whenever I feel like Life is getting, is like bam, 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 bam. I feel, feel a tug in my spirit to go for a walk, maybe a, a mile walk and just hearing what God is saying. And then oftentimes, whatever I'm hearing, I speak it into my phone so I can listen to it again. Other times I like to sit on my couch and watch documentaries. And to the untrained eye, it looks like I'm being lazy. Well, really, I'm really resting because God is speaking to me and giving me strategy as I'm sitting on the couch watching TV. For my wife, she likes to take naps. She really loves to get her rest in. She's good when she's full and she's rested. She can perform at a higher level when she's rested. So these are just some things that we do to make sure that we don't try to get ahead of God and that we're moving at the speed of his grace, not the speed of our ambition. Mic drop. I should, should just end the interview right there. That's great stuff. Now, Jesse, I, I really appreciate that. Share with the world, what is a challenge that you guys have overcome being a two entrepreneur home? There are several, several challenges, but the one that coming up right now, that's sticking out the most to me right now is listening to one another, hearing the heart of one another, overcoming the spirit of offense and rejection. Because, you know, we've experienced our own offense and rejecting, rejection apart, like before we even met, right? We were dealing with, I was dealing with that. She was dealing with that. And so now you have two people that have experienced some offense and rejection coming together. And now we got to work it out in our, on our own, but also together. And so that began to show up in our conversations. So when, sometimes when I would, you know, try to give some direction, there was some offense there on her end because of what she experienced as a kid in her household from her father. Whenever she would try to give me some direction, there was some offense there for me 
because of what I experienced, people abusing their authority over me when I was a kid. So just really trying to figure out the heart of one another and having tough conversations without getting offended, having real, tough, true, organic, authentic conversations where both of us get to express our heart, but we also have to listen to the heart of the other and then come to a conclusion like, hey, babe, I'm here for you. I'm not trying to compete with you. There's no competition here. We're working for the same goal. Love it. So with that, I want to share a little quick principle. Many of you have heard this before that have heard the podcast, but I want to share something called, Jojo and I call the love zipper. So if you think about a zipper, what does it do? It brings two sides or two pieces of something together and kind of solidifies it. It secures it. If you walk out in a windstorm with your jacket wide open, it's pretty chilly, it's cold, but as soon as you get that zipper connected and zipped all the way up to the top, you're warm, it keeps the wind out, and everything's good. Georgia and I, we created the love zipper. Love, meaning an acronym for listen, observe, voice, and execute. As an entrepreneur, we are good at solving problems. We are not very good at dealing with complaints. I hate complaining. If someone just wants to complain, and they don't want to do anything about it. They don't want to change. They don't want to see what the solutions are. I really struggle with that. And a lot of times in relationships, we have a problem that presents as a complaint. And it turns our spouse off from wanting to solve a solution. So Jojo and I came up with the love zipper, listen, observe, voice, and execute. And it's a way to solve problems with a solution. So the way it works is I have a problem. Let's just go with dishes because everyone can relate to that in a married household. With kids, they never go away. But let's say that my wife really struggles with dishes piling up in the sink and being overloaded. So if that's her struggle, if she were to say, there's dishes in the sink again and you're watching football, why? That would bother me probably. But if she says, you know what, I really have a lot on my plate with school and being a mom and work and all these things. And when I see the dishes piled up, it becomes overwhelming because that's another task that I have to do. So that she's now told me the problem that seeing the, the pile of dishes in the sink are overwhelming because it's something that's added to her plate versus why are the dishes still in the sink? You're watching football. You should have done the dishes. That's a complaint. So now she's told me what the problem is. And now, instead of complaining about it, she can tell a solution. I get overwhelmed when the dishes are in the sink. Can you make sure that the dishes are done before we do football? Can you make sure that the dishes are done immediately after the meals? Whatever her solution is, she can present the problem with a solution. This causes me to get frustrated and overwhelmed. This is something we can do to minimize that. And so I listen to what she has to say, her problem, her solution. And then I observe how she presented herself, how she's carrying herself. How am I receiving that? And now I can add to that solution. Yeah, I can agree to do the dishes before I wash football, or I can have the kids help me with the dishes, or I'll make sure that my dishes on Mondays and Wednesdays are, are done before I do anything. Whatever I can contribute to the solution. And now I send it back to her. I've had my opportunity to voice my concerns. She can voice her concerns. And now we've come together with the solution. And we go back and forth until we have something that we can agree on that solves the initial problem. And then the E is for execute, execute the plan that we came up together. Because when we complain about something and there's no action, when there's no actions, nothing's solved. So we call it a love zipper because it goes back and forth. And then as we come together, we're solid, we're one. 
The solution is one. The problem is something that we both can buy into. And if we take that approach, now we take something of my wife might complain about the dishes because I'm watching football and, get, and me getting irritated that can lead to a fight or a disagreement. Now we have a conversation that was meaningful, that solved a problem that is valuable for everyone. And so that's what we call the love zipper. We go back and forth. So we don't complain in our relationship. We state a problem with a solution and then we go back and forth until we can correct it. So when, when you talked about listening, solving problems, that's what came to my mind. Yeah, man, that takes a lot of guts though. What you just, that concept, it's a great concept. And I know it works because you wouldn't be talking about it if it didn't work with you. No, it works, it works. Right, right. But it takes a lot of gut because it requires us to walk in love. It requires us to not just open our ears, but open our heart to our spouse. It requires us to get outside of our comfort zone because I know that a game is coming on at 3.34 o'clock. Typically for us watching a game, it's not just about us watching a game. It's a whole aura around it. Our mind is just, so it's not like, hey, I'm about to go watch TV. We prepare hours before we watch the game because there's a pre-show, then we got our snacks, then we have the halftime. Like we already have the whole next three to four hours planned out. So the fact that you have to do some dishes before the game could disrupt your whole game day flow. So it, it requires us to be mature. It requires us to be good listeners, ears in our hearts. And it requires us to do it in love and not be disgruntled about it. So that's huge, man. I like that concept. Yeah, man. The great thing about it is I can buy into it. Like if she says something to me when I'm watching the game, I have no room to get upset because I made the solution. I bought into it. I presented it. I made it together. And it makes a non-issue very quickly because she can remind me, remember what you committed to? Because I'm a man of integrity, personal integrity. If I say I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it. And so the love zipper is a way that I can just confirm and be accountable for the choices that I say and do and make. It's been fabulous. And as we discover that on accident, it's been a game changer for us and for the couples that we share because nobody likes a complaint. But entrepreneurs like action. We like solution. We like accountability. We like teamwork. All the, the things that I needed as an entrepreneur. So it's been a huge game changer in my home. And it's something that the kids can do as well too, because what do your two-year-olds do? What do your four-year-olds do? Complain, 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 complain. And that could be quite overwhelming. And so as you apply that principle in the business at home with the kids, now you can start to get your kids to problem solve. Okay, well, this is the problem. This is what's frustrating. What can we do about it? What do you think we can change? How can mommy do something? How can daddy do something? How can we help you? and you start getting their brain moving. And now we can give them some input. And now they've solved the problem. And going back to the very beginning when Jesse talked about your son overcoming that fear and being confident, there's nothing greater than a parent to see your children conquer something. But more importantly, I have five young children and I've been a foster parent to over 30. So I know and have a lot of opportunities seeing kids do something for the first time that they haven't done before. It gives a lot of power brings a lot of confidence. And when we have confidence, we can solve a lot more problems. We can be the best version of ourselves when we're confident, when we're scared, when we're fearful, when we're worried, when we're concerned, when we're overwhelmed, we don't perform very well. So this can be a solution to increase the confidence in your children because they now have a say in what they want the outcome to be. I've used it with my kids, but I never thought about it in that way and being a way to give them 
confidence. Jesse, I've thoroughly enjoyed our time today and I've just got a couple more questions. Sure. As an entrepreneur, what is something that we talked about at the beginning about the Lord wanting to bless his resources and financially so we can be a tool for others? There's one task or skill that every entrepreneur should have in their business that could be a direct reflection and increase profits. Understanding how to communicate your story. Tell us more about that. Yeah. So regardless of what kind of product or service that you have in the marketplace, people are moved by story, right? So there's this five pillars that I teach my clients as I'm helping them to write their book. Whether you already have a journal of stuff that you want to write, whether you already been writing, or maybe you have an idea of a book you want to write, you haven't even started yet. This is where I start my clients by answering these five questions. What is my message? Who needs my message? Why do they need my message? Why am I the person to share this message? And how can this message transform their life? Answering these five questions has helped my clients not only just write a book, but have a conversation with the people who need their solution the most. It's also helped them to be able to be more confident with sharing their message in the marketplace. We have a model called Relatable Authority. Relatable Authority is this. Using your story and the way that you share it makes you an authority. Not how many degrees you have, not how many conferences you've gone to, not how much money you've made, but the fact that you understand your kingdom message and experience you've gone through, what you learned, and the principles that you extract from that experience. That's what the kingdom message is, real simple. Your experiences, the lessons you've learned, and the principles that you can extract from that. All of that is just transformation. When a person understands what their kingdom message is, they can share it from a place of authenticity, not from a place of veneer. You don't have to be all polished up. If you have poor English, Listen, share it anyway. If it's underdeveloped, share it anyway. And the more that you share it, the better you're going to get at sharing it. So share it, share it often and share it with confidence. So any entrepreneur, I believe, no matter who you are, where you live, what company you work, what product you serve, what service you have, understanding what the message is, who it's for, why they need it, why you're the person to give it to them and what transformation it brings, that has changed a lot of our clients' perspective on how they need to show up in the marketplace. That's incredible. As an entrepreneur, you need clients, you need customers, you need people that know about you. You need people in your world so you can help solve their problems. And there's no better way to bring people in your world by telling stories. You hear all the time that facts tell, stories sell. And the reason that is, is because people want to see you. They want to see the trials that you've overcome. They want to see that you're more than a piece of paper on the wall. They want to see that you have skills and knowledge and talents to help them solve their problems. People pay for certainty. People pay for clarity. Hey, and your story is the quickest way to show that you're the real deal, that you've, you've experienced and you know how to help them solve that problem. Like for me, I have a doctor degree. I'm a doctor of physical therapy, but that doesn't do any good for helping people in their relationships. But for me, I've been married for 13 years. I have 30 children. I've learned to love at a level deeper than most. And I say that in a humble way because it's such a blessing that the Lord has given me. It's a trial that I didn't see coming when I first got married, but I'm so grateful for that challenge and for that portion of my story because the Lord couldn't do it for just one, me with one child. It took me 30 kids to become who I needed to be 
for the children that are currently in my home. I want to break somebody free today that might be listening. I'm not sure when you're going to be listening to this. It may be six months from now. It may be when you first post it. But I want to help you get free. You don't have to manufacture your story. Your story is your story. And many of us, we have multiple kingdom stories, right? So I'm not saying that there's only one. Like, as long as you're living, you're going to have experiences that are going to be a part of your story. But I want you to feel free to show up in your authentic self with your authentic voice. The people that you need are going to find you. The people that need your story, the people that need your solution, when you start sharing your story, all that is a whistle to bring in the people who need what you have. But until you begin to share your story in an authentic way, the people who need what you have, they cannot find you. Many of you out there right now, maybe you caught up and I have to be polished. I have to show the veneer. I can't really show my battle scars. Well, listen, the people that you are called to serve are missing out because you're not showing up authentically. Share your message. Share it with confidence and share it often. There's a difference between purpose and assignment. I'm not sure our Holy Spirit is taking me here, but I'll go. Purpose is why we were created, but our assignment is how we demonstrate our purpose in various environments. So you can't manufacture a purpose. You can't manufacture your assignment. The people that you're called to serve, the people that you are called to impact, you have to do that. Like that's your assignment, whether you are in the marketplace, whether they meet you at the coffee house, whether they're in a grocery store, whether you're at the movie, like it doesn't matter. You carry purpose and assignment with you everywhere you go. So the people who need what you have, they're going to smell that aroma on you and they're going to be drawn to that aroma. They're going to be drawn to that sound when you show up authentically. So stop manufacturing your story to try to attract people that you're not supposed to have anyway. Show up authentically and the people that need what you have, they're going to smell your aroma, they're going to hear your sound, and you're going to be able to serve them from a place of authenticity and grace. I don't have anything else to say that's perfect ending for this podcast because you have talents, you have abilities, you can help people in a way that I cannot, that Jesse cannot, and people need your help. So show up, be present, be present in the home. My biggest fear as an entrepreneur is that you will find success at the expense of your family. Please don't do that. Please show up in the home. Let your family be a part of the stories that you tell. Let your family be the why that drives you to solve these problems for other people. Jesse, I've really appreciated the time here today. We'll do round two when we can bring the better halves, our wife, to join us. But Jess, how can people work with you? And what um, is a problem that you can help them solve the most so they can share that story? Yeah. In this season, God has me doing two things, right? helping people discover, build, and monetize their kingdom message, and also helping them to build up their kingdom confidence in the marketplace. That's it. That's what he has me focusing on, right? Anything else, I'm being disobedient if I do anything else. So if you know that you have a story, whether you've written it down or not, and you need the coach or somebody to help you unpack that, to discover what that is, to help you build that out as well in a book format, and also to help you monetize that message in various ways, then I would love to have a conversation with you. If you're somebody who is already in the marketplace and you feel as if you need to go to the next level in your confidence and being more authentic in showing up in the marketplace, we can help you with that as well. So you can reach out to me on social media, Instagram, Coach Jesse Cole. That's Coach C-O-A-C-H, Jesse, J-E-S-S-E, 
Cole, C-O-L-E. Coach Jesse Cole on Instagram. On Facebook, Jesse Cole Speaks. And you can also go to my website, which is Kingdom, K-I-N-G-D-O-M, Mogul, M-O-G-U-L, Coaching. Dot. I'll have that in the show notes and everything too to make it easy for you. But Jesse, I appreciate your time. What is your last piece of advice that someone can do today to share their story? Yeah, my last piece of advice for someone can share their story today is to do this. Real simple, but it'll take you deeper and further than you could ever go on your own. Ask God, God, what is your best for me in a specific area? What is your best for me as a husband? What is your best for me as a wife? What is your best for me as an entrepreneur? So ask the question, God, what is your best for me? And then fill in where you want his best to show up for you. If you do that consistently and you open up your heart to receive the answer, don't be afraid of what you hear. Just go forth with power, authority, and an influence because, because God's best is better than anything you can manufacture. Incredible. Thank you, Jesse. I appreciate your time and the guests will be blessed from this message today. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I appreciate you, sir. Thanks for listening to another episode of Strong Business, Stronger Marriage. Be sure to click subscribe right now. And we would love it if you could do us a quick favor. Please rate and review our podcast. This will help other entrepreneurs who want to strengthen their marriage and business find our content. To schedule a call, go to ourfamilystrong.best and join us on the inside at our free Facebook group, Strong Business, Stronger Marriage. Join us next time on Strong Business, Stronger Marriage.